Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited-time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited-time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Hello, America, and happy Thursday. A busy news day here in Washington, D.C. They all seem to have been busy the last few weeks. Lots of big, consequential news going on around the world. We're going to get to all of those headlines in a second. But first, let me give you a rundown on what we have ahead for you on the show. First up, you know what day it is. It's AMAC Thursday. That's one of my favorite moments of the week, an opportunity to take one of the great experts from the Association of Mature American Citizens, AMAC, bring them in and talk about the big news of the day. And today we've got a good one. He's one of my favorites, Bobby Charles, former great congressional investigator, former senior official in the State Department under President Bush. He has a way of synthesizing what matters in this town and what oversight can be done to change the course of our government. He's going to join us in the second half of the show. We're going to have a really great conversation with that. And to kick the show off, we have the newest member of the House Intelligence Committee joining us, Congressman Austin Scott from the great state of Georgia. He was named to the Intelligence Committee this week. Another sign that the committee is returning to the seriousness it once had when it was like under people like Devin Nunes after a few years of the Adam Schiff show, which, as we know, politicized that committee and took it away from looking at really some of the important intelligence and security issues that the committee traditionally had looked at. Things like China, things like the supply chain, things like the state of our intelligence services and the protection of civil liberties while protecting American security. Those issues are getting back on the front table and we'll have a great conversation with Congressman Scott, who, by the way, also is a very important voice on the debt ceiling fight that is ahead of this country over the next few months. The Democrats put us into an artificial crisis. They passed $1.7 trillion of additional spending, even though there wasn't that much money left on the government's credit card. And they chose not to raise the debt ceiling. And to do that, they kicked the can down the road. And they had a complicitous Republican Senate because Mitch McConnell joined in that. Who who goes out and spends more money than the credit card can afford, but doesn't raise the limit on the credit card? That's a head scratcher. But that's exactly what happened. And Congressman Austin Scott's going to tell us why that's bad. There's a much larger issue at stake here, the security of the American dollar as the world standard as the number one currency in the world. So we're going to tackle all of those issues in a few minutes. And then, of course, we'll wrap up the day with some more headlines. But let's get to some of the news that broke 
on Just the News over the last few hours. It has been a remarkably busy day, and the good team here at Just the News is keeping us up to date on all of the different developments. Let's start in California, where a new state law that was going to punish documents for perceived misinformation, well, it was struck down and put on halt by a judge who called the legal reasoning behind the law nonsense. That's a pretty big rebuke from a judge worried about the free speech and censorship and cancel culture nature of this law. Doctors should have the ability to talk to their patients about what they think is in the best interest of their patient. This is a pretty important law. Now it's going to go through the appellate process, going to get up to state Supreme Court. It might eventually get up to the U.S. Supreme Court or certainly the federal court system. But right now, the first legal strike against this has succeeded in halting the law from being enforced. A lot of people have been worried about that law. And our own Greg Piper has done a really good job of writing about that over the last few days. Now, another big thing, late last night, a judge ordered the release of the Paul Pelosi attack police body cam footage from that attack. So we'll see what really went on. We'll compare what the police and the Pelosi's described it as versus what the camera footage shows. That's a big and important moment as well. Adam Schiff, the man who politicized the House Intelligence Committee, who assured us there was Russia collusion when there was none, who misconstrued the allegations of the Ukraine impeachment. Well, he's looking for a promotion. He announced today he's going to run for the California Senate seat that's currently held by Dianne Feinstein. That could be an epic Democratic primary if Dianne Feinstein doesn't set aside or if other people jump into the race. That could be really, really interesting. That's a big one. And let's finish with some big breaking news. Just a little while ago, Congressman James Comer, the chairman of the House Oversight and Accountability Committee, announced that he is seeking or demanding information from Hunter Biden's art dealer about who bought his art and what communications that art dealer may have had with the White House. That is a big deal. They're requesting an interview with the art dealer. That's going to set up another showdown over the ability of Congress to get answers from Democrats and those around the Biden family. Finally, I want to mention one other great piece of enterprise that is on our site today. We teased it yesterday. Nick Jeevis, a great reporter here at Just the News, he tells the story of how federal government officials, specifically the National Science Foundation, is putting out money and spending money to adapt artificial intelligence capabilities that our military developed a decade ago to silence ISIS on social media, on the internet to keep their propaganda from spreading, how they're adapting those tools so that now big tech companies, news media companies, and even government agencies would be able to use that to silence Americans, to end their dissent on things they specifically cite, vaccine safety and election integrity is two things that they'd love to see these tools used for. Why is the American government spending your tax dollars to find new tools that will help silence your opinion? I thought our opinions were supposed to be sacred. We're allowed to express them without government interference. Well, someone in the National Science Foundation seems to have a different answer on that. All right, folks, before we go to the commercial break, I want to uh, have a quick conversation about something. As I get older, one of the things I've been doing is spending more and more time learning about health issues that I might have taken for granted earlier in life. And one of the things I found out is that you got to start taking care of your liver now more than ever. Why? Because the latest data from the American Heart Association indicates that adults with fatty livers 
were 3.5 times more likely to have heart failure than those without. That is a significant statistical finding. Now, the American Liver Foundation says that 100 million Americans have a fatty liver. That's scary, right? Which means many more people are at risk. We throw everything at our livers, cholesterol, alcohol, toxins, Tylenol, statins, cigarettes. That's why so many of us have a sluggish fatty liver that makes us gain weight and lose energy. For decades now, your liver helped you with over 500 key functions every day. It's time for you to do something to help your liver. And there's a great solution. It's called the Liver Health Formula, an all-natural supplement which contains 12 clinically proven botanicals that help recharge and protect your liver. Manufactured right here in the USA and approved by American doctors. You can try Liver Health Formula and receive five free gifts when you order today. First, you receive a free bottle of the nano-powered omega-3 to keep your heart healthy. That's important, right? You're also getting four free eBooks to support every aspect of your health. Try Liver Health Formula by going to getliverhelp.com slash just news. Let me give you that again. Get liver help dot com slash just news and claim your five free bonus gifts it's now is the time folks to get focused on your health and to protect your liver it's probably been taking it for, you've been taking it for granted for too long all you got to do go to getliverhelp.com slash just news today to get started it is a fantastic way to contribute to the health of your liver all right folks we'll be right back after the commercial message when we come back congressman austin scott up next right after the commercial messages You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now, get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code JUSTNEWS15. That's the promo code JUSTNEWS15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a health care provider. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, 
and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale. Four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, AMAC.us slash just news. That's AMAC.us forward slash just news. Welcome back, America. Our next guest, well, he's been on the show many times. You love having him on. And he got a major announcement this week. He is joining the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, one of the great security thinkers in our Congress, Congressman Austin Scott for the great state of Georgia. Congressman, welcome back on the show and congratulations. Hey, John, thank you very much. And uh, I'm looking forward to working with Mike Turner and the other members, you know, to to take the intelligence committee back to what it was supposed to be doing, which is making sure that, uh, you know, America is safe and secure. And the politicization of that committee for the last couple of years is unfortunate. And, and we intend to get it back to the professional committee it's supposed to be. Ah, that's great. It went from silly, but it's going back into serious hands now, which is exciting for the American people, I think. You are one of the most important voices when it comes to fiscal sanity. And right now we're in this totally contrived crisis, but it is a crisis if it isn't handled right. The debt ceiling, the Democrats could have solved this. They chose not to because they wanted to create this fight. But tell us what's really at stake here. This isn't just about raising the credit card limit of America. It really is about the battle between China and America over whose currency is going to be number one, right? Right. And you're, you're, you, you saw where the Saudis came out and said, you know, they may accept currencies other than the U.S. dollar for uh, oil the other day. And so uh, there are a lot of uh, countries out there that are that are working against the United States uh, from a fiscal standpoint and, and what they want to do is to uh, collapse the value of the U.S. dollar. I mean, our our economy ultimately uh, is what gives us the ability to have the military strength that we have, and it, it is the combination of those two uh, that gives us the position in, in, in the world as, as the most influential and powerful country. So uh, the value of the dollar is extremely important to that. Uh, the Chinese are working to collapse that. Other countries that are not our, our friends are working to collapse that. And at home, we've got a very serious problem in that we are spending more money than we can afford to spend as as a government. Uh, so you, you saw this past December, on December the 30th, uh, Joe Biden signed the omnibus bill. Uh, that bill was $1.7 trillion. Uh, what it, it requires in order to fund that piece of legislation John, it requires the national debt limit to be increased uh, for the United States. It was 4,000 pages. All they had to do was to write a sentence in that legislation, John, that said, you know, the national debt limit is increased to $32 trillion. Literally one sentence in that 4,000-page piece of legislation to increase the national debt would have is what it would have taken to pay for that piece of legislation, 4,000 pages, and, and they chose not to do it. Now, what, what I want your listeners to know is this. Um, the day Joe Biden signed that piece of legislation, the total public debt subject to the limit, this is very boring and technical, but it was $31,347 billion. It was 99.89% of the $31.38 trillion that is the, uh, is the statutory debt limit. So again, they knew we were at the debt limit when they signed the bill. They could have 
simply added language into the 4,000 pages to change the debt limit from 31381 to 32, uh, and you would not be in the current situation. But now here we are 20 days after the bill, signing by um, President Biden, and and they're blaming House Republicans for what they did. It it it, it is simply gamesmanship to them, and and the brinksmanship uh, that they that they are that they've chosen to carry out the tool that they've chosen to carry out for this brinksmanship, being the national debt limit, is the most dangerous tool that you could use. But if you if you listen, John, nobody in the media will ask Joe Biden. Uh, President Biden, why didn't you not include an increase in the statutory debt limit in the omnibus bill? Uh, Senator Schumer, why did you not include an increase in the statutory debt limit in the omnibus bill? They did this on purpose. This was intentional. Their friends in the media are are backing them up on this. And it's, it's a very simple question, John, that President Biden and Chuck Schumer and candidly Mitch McConnell uh, needs to answer, and, and why did you pass an omnibus that required a debt limit increase and not include the debt limit increase in the omnibus piece of legislation? It's a head-scratcher. It's a responsible thing to have done, and yet they chose not to do it. It's intentional. They intentionally created They intentionally created a crisis, and, and I'll give you one further prediction, John. If the Democrats had had control of the House of Representatives, if Republicans had not won the House in November, they would have included the debt limit increase in the omnibus. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. It's weird because Mitch McConnell was glad to shoehorn this baby through in December. But now he's like, I don't want anything to do with this next one. House Republicans, you take the mess. Uh, seems like an abdication of responsibility from someone who's been in leadership for an awful long time. As a Republican Party, as someone who is a Republican member, you take your responsibility so seriously. It seems as though Mitch McConnell has lost some of that seriousness. He seems to be either too loosey-goosey or just not willing to have the fights that need to be had. I know it's not your chamber, but as someone just everyday Republican in the party, should we be looking for change in the Senate? Should we be pressing for change in the Senate? Yeah, I, I respect what he did in his leadership on the judicial appointments, but from a fiscal sanity standpoint, I, I do think that we need someone who is a fiscal conservative uh, in the leadership of the Republican Party in the Senate, and, and I do not feel like uh, we have that right now. Uh, there, there are a lot of great people over there in, in the Senate. James Lankford's a great guy. I'd love to see him in the leadership. Uh, there, there, there are a lot of other good people over there in, in the U.S. Senate. Uh, but, but you know, Senator McConnell, there, there were four choices. Again, you could you could do the the continuing resolution with or without the debt limit. And if they had done a continuing resolution without the debt limit, uh, people like me would have said, okay, well, you know, we froze spending. We've got to pay for the spending we've got. Uh, I would have gone out and and supported a, a debt limit increase at the continuing resolution levels. You've get, you could have done the omnibus again with or without the debt limit. So there were four choices. The only one that created the current situation that we're in, the current crisis that we're in, is the omnibus bill without the debt limit. And if you look at Joe Biden and uh, Senator Schumer and uh, and the people who did this, they're just giddy and smiling and laughing and saying, hey, you know, House Republicans, show us your plan. Well, their plan all along was to create a crisis. 
the the Democrats' plan all along was to create a crisis, and unfortunately, um, you know, I do think Senator McConnell could have stopped it with with a continuing resolution, and he chose not to. It's a head scratcher. It really is. You are such an advocate of freedom and liberty. You articulate it well so often in, in security and economic security, a big part of that. Monitoring our own government and realizing what things they may be doing that's affecting our freedoms is that third part. Republicans get that chance for the first time with oversight committees. We had a story this morning that the National Science Foundation is now giving out grants to private companies and universities to take the artificial intelligence capabilities we developed in the military to stop terrorists from spreading their propaganda on the internet and social media and now turn them into domestic tools that social media companies, news media companies, and federal agencies could use to squelch dissent on things like election integrity or vaccine safety or who knows what the next issue will be. Your thoughts on the government spending money on something like that when we have so many other crises and priorities to tackle? Yeah, sounds like a good place to me for us to cut federal spending. <laughs> you know, this is, I, I can assure you, they're not going to, I, I guess, sequester, squelch, uh, block. They're not going to block anything that is uh, liked by the left, and they're going to block things that are liked by people who, are, who you know, believe in and support the Constitution. So, you know, again, John, the, the bias out there, the double standard is the thing that I believe is the greatest threat to our democracy. Um, you know, the thing we were, asked, we were talking about earlier, you know, why hasn't somebody from a mainstream news media asked Joe Biden, why didn't you include the debt limit in the omnibus bill? Why haven't they asked? I mean, they had to know this was coming, right? I mean, we were 99.89% we of the debt limit when we got here. And so... I, I tell you, someone made a statement a long time ago, and, and unfortunately, I think this guy was a, a socialist or a communist. I don't remember his name, but he said it's easier to believe a lie you've heard a thousand times than a truth you've never heard. Uh, the unfortunate thing is uh, when the government starts to sequester, uh, they're just not going to sequester things that, uh, that the conservative people are going to say. I mean, it, it, we've seen this before. Yeah. Uh, we've had this fight before. <laughs> that, that's that's right. And and look, I, I mean, I, I don't I don't understand. I, 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 the people that I know where I'm from, whether they're a conservative or a liberal, they're able to have a conversation, and get along, uh, and, and and understand that that we're we're not the enemy because we have differences of thought. That 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 differences of thought is part of diversity, and that's what actually makes us stronger. But in today's society, uh, if you disagree with with what's coming out of the agenda of the of the far left of the Democratic Party, I mean they they act like you know you're some type of monster, and um, I I, th I think Americans are tired of it. We have real enemies. They're overseas. They're, they shouldn't be on our own shores this way. We got to stop that demonization. But that's what the Democrats do. They de they have this demonization and demagoguery down to a science. And the playbook is even sitting out in the open. It's obvious what they're doing. Hey, look, 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 just Elon Musk taking over Twitter. Yes. I, I mean, look what we found out just from one guy saying, hey, I'm going to expose what was actually going on. Yeah. It's amazing how much he's changed the culture. So much so that even Facebook now is giving Donald Trump his accounts back. I mean, it's had this domino effect of exposing 
an incredible system of censorship and intolerance that I would never have imagined would occur in my lifetime. It's amazing. I want to turn to the important work of the Intelligence Committee. You, it's such an important committee. It's been waylaid by politics for a few years, but it's getting back on course now. It's really exciting. What are some of the most important issues that the Intelligence Committee needs to dig into to make sure that our Intelligence Committee is operating the way we want and has the tools it needs to succeed? Yeah, well, well, people think think a lot about you know the military and national security from a, the standpoint of a weapon system. Uh, if you will, on our military, one of the things that that I uh, expect us to to look into and hope we'll look into is, is where our adversaries have embedded them in the supply chain of basic necessities for Americans. And so, you know, again, I talk about food a lot because it's one of the things that we have to have to get through the day. Uh, you know, what 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 are our adversaries doing in in buying up technology? Uh, embedding themselves into areas where you have constraints in uh, seed supply or chemical supply, for example, um, you know, potential control over transportation and infrastructure. Uh, th- those are those are kind of some uh, maybe things most people don't think about on a daily basis that that I want to take a serious look at uh, and make sure that we don't have as a nation. Uh, I, I already think we have the exposure there, um, but but the ability to have the conversations behind closed doors with with how we uh, make sure the exposure is recognized and how we uh, remedy the exposure to those other in, in, in those in those areas. That is a, such an important issue. It's a conversation that that committee hasn't had. Quite frankly, that many committees have had. It seems to be at the forefront of our future security, and that's going to be something very interesting. As we learn so much about these classified documents, Mike Pence, Joe Biden four or five times now, the Mar-a-Lago stuff, is there a need for a damage assessment specifically related to the Biden family just because of the Biden family's foreign money ties? Uh I think so, but I would also tell you that um, I mean, so, so the difference I see is that, is that Biden's documents were in an area where uh, other people clearly had access to them, um, and I have serious questions about the amount of wealth that the Biden family has with his you know years of you know being in political office. I just don't I don't see how you accumulate that much making one hundred seventy five thousand. Um, a year, I guess he made a little more as vice president, maybe three hundred thousand a year. But I, I don't see how you accumulate that the type of wealth that he has um, what, at, at those income levels. And and so, uh, aside from that, I would tell you. And uh, of course, you know, I, I believe that you know, if it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. I, I mean, uh, it's not okay that the documents were found in in possession of Republicans either. And I think that we are going to have to do a very serious review of how classified documents are handled in the executive branch. I, I, I don't I, in the legislative branch. I cannot see what happened happen. I, I just I, I, uh, now I, I do wonder. The normal procedures are it's pretty tight in the Senate and the House. I mean, there's very clear rules what you do with classified information in the Congress. Yeah, but but there's some that seem to be from 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 his days as a U.S. senator. And and even senators, uh, I think in his own party, are saying, I don't understand how you got documents out of the building. Right. How did you not know that you're not supposed to take something home with you that says classified? That is a big issue. 
Yeah, and that may be where his greatest legal exposure is too, right? Because that one there is a willful. There's no way to explain that one. You would have had to walk out the building with it. There's no other way to have done it. Yeah, and listen, I scratch my head. How did how did this even come about? How did we even know about this? So I, I kind of wonder. <laughs> I kind of wonder if he's got someone in 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 his inner circle maybe that doesn't like him, you know, because I I don't I don't understand. I just don't understand how we found out about it. Yeah. The timing is so weird. Right before the election, it starts to fall into place and then it's leaked in January. Yeah. And how, the, how they held it. I mean, if, if they if they had released it prior to November, it, it, you know, there's some there's some races out there that were quarter of a point, half a point that would have gone the other way. Yeah. Democrats would have been confronted. What do you do about your own president? And they didn't have to face that until after the election. Pretty remarkable. Congressman, it is always an honor to have you on this show. We always get a lot of wisdom. We get a lot of news from it. We're really looking forward to your work on the House Intelligence Committee and be sure to get you back on. But a great honor to have you on today. Thanks, John. You take care. Thank you, sir. All right, folks, we'll be right back after the commercial message with our good friend Bobby Charles on AMAC Thursday right after these messages. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. All right, folks. Welcome back from the commercial break. You know what day it is. It is AMAC Thursdays, one of my favorite discussions of the week. And we have a good one today. The national spokesman for AMAC, one of the great congressional investigators of all time and also played a very important role in the Bush State Department. Bobby Charles is joining us right now. Bobby, great to have you back on the show. Hey, it's great to be with you, John. And there's an awful lot going on out there today. There is indeed. And I want to start a little bit. It seems like every couple of days, somebody wakes up and decides to look for a classified document and, oh, find it in their house or in their garage or in their office. There seems to be a much larger issue here. Now that Mike Pence has joined the crowd, Joe Biden joined the crowd five times. We had the Mar-a-Lago raid. It looks like one of the bigger questions for Congress and the Intelligence Committee to look at is, what happened to the system? Are we overclassifying documents too much? Are we not tracking the most sensitive documents that we don't even know where they are once they leave a, an intelligence agency? What's the bigger picture issue going on here that maybe Congress and the intelligence community can actually fix? 
You know, I think there are three or four issues at, at work here, and this is always the case when you have an issue with classified documents uh, generally. The biggest issue is that for reasons that, okay, so the, the biggest, biggest issue as far as I'm concerned is that the pockets of documents that are being found in and around Biden uh, are really, given that Hunter Biden has is on the pay of, of uh, you know, people in China and Ukraine, they, they have a special significance. And to my view, they require a special, not only investigation by the special prosecutor, but a special attention by Congress. If we... <laughs> It's hard to it's hard to overstate the significance of these documents. The fact that you have a a former vice president who, during the period of time that he was a former vice president and before he became president, pocketed or secreted documents into in several locations that are not the obvious locations to keep documents. The fact that his son was on the pay of uh, China. The fact that 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 he had access to those locations to me makes that situation unique. It is it is uniquely dangerous in terms of what it could mean. I'm not saying it does mean that. That's why you've got a special prosecutor. That's why, frankly, Congress needs to dive in deep and get everything they can get their hands on related to that. But it is very odd to find documents in small catches, uh, C-A-C-H-E-S, kind of pushed around in places like a garage and a closet. Uh, when when we're trained, anybody who handles these documents, John, is trained to know that they all all and always belong in a safe if you are leaving office, you don't hold on to these documents under any circumstances. Um, it, it used to be that you could hold documents. I mean, presidents prior to uh, prior to Ronald Reagan actually didn't have to comply with the Presidential Documents Act. Um, and to some degree, I think they held on to them for things like uh, like writing memoirs and, and perhaps defending a policy decision. Uh, and that was permissible. It is, it is not now. It's an administrative act. But I, I do think there's a difference between administrative error, uh, which probably explains the way Trump and Pence and, and perhaps others have held on to things they shouldn't have and, and need to disgorge them. And there needs to be a discussion about what the implications are of that. And the flip side, which is when they are deliberately taken, secreted, and put in a place where someone could have access to them that might actually be selling their contents or access to them. So in the bigger picture, we need to make sure everybody who has any access to classified documents is goes through the training again. I mean, it's a, there's an intensive training and, uh, and particularly where you're talking about a, a document that's a TSSCI document. Uh, there's, you literally cannot bring that thing home unless there's a place uh, to to lock it and 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 the the safes that you use in a place like the State Department or the intelligence community uh, locations and and the uh, Defense Department these safes are not even ordinary safes they're incredibly uh, secure they're immovable um, so you know it, it it's a real breach and I think part of it has to do with poor training or pro poor understanding of what is expected or a laziness that happens uh, and the other half of it the part that really worries me is the idea that China is somehow involved in having access to these documents, or maybe it's even beyond China, but there's something deeply wrong with the way that the documents that Joe Biden had were secreted and that Hunter Biden is on the, on the pay of, of foreign nationals. Yeah, it's that overlay that really concerns people. And of course, that's what James Comer has been saying, which is this isn't just about handling of classified materials. That's one issue for sure. But the family's foreign relations, Ukraine, Russia, China, and the potential access that those untoward partners may have had to these documents because they were in an insecure location. That seems to be one of the emerging issues that really differentiates Joe Biden from either Donald Trump or Mike Pence.
You know, John, I, I, let me let me put my litigator hat on for just a moment and say that you, it, when you have a, a lot of circumstantial evidence and, and nobody has to tell you what the conclusion is, you, you put that evidence together and it leads to a place. It's not just that that we have a former vice president who knew that his son was on the take with companies in China and Ukraine, perhaps elsewhere, but carry, and carried him to those locations claiming that he'd had no discussions about what was going on there, but you don't just carry your, your adult son to a foreign location and, 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 and he ends up with millions of dollars worth of contracts and not know what was happening. Then you have the idea that, that they have on this laptop, which is a piece of real evidence, uh, you, have, you have very clear indications that Joe Biden himself is in some way implicated in this deliberately, whether it's being uh, dollars being given to Joe Biden uh, unbeknownst to him, whether it's what the, the law would call a bribe or what the law would call a gratuity, it doesn't really matter. We have indications in that real evidence that there was some relationship between the then vice president and, and his son. And then you find these documents and then you note that the son has zero qualifications for any of these jobs. So what is he selling that is worth millions of dollars and that Joe Biden says he knows nothing about. What is it? Is it is it the inadvertent access? Is it is it the idea that you put these documents somewhere and the sun gets to come look at them and then one walk away? Is it the fact that the American people are not supposed to know that these documents were ever taken and secured? And by the way, why are these foreign? Why do these documents that are that have been taken that are TSSCI supposedly? Why do they relate to foreign countries? I mean, this is. This is not all TSA's SCI documents relate to foreign countries. So, you know, there's something very odd here. And, John, you're an investigator. You've given your whole life to being an investigator. And most AMAC members, for, for what it's worth, are deeply concerned about the security and the integrity at the top of this government. And uh, to me, it just opens a, opens a, a can of worms that somebody's got to get to the bottom of. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And it's going to be like peeling an onion. Every layer is going to create new questions until we get to the bottom and the core of what was going on. There are a couple of documents that I keep referring to because I think they're so important for the American public to understand. Hunter Biden wasn't doing this just for Hunter Biden. As I pointed out in a story last week, in 2010, while Joe Biden is barely a year into his vice presidency under President Obama, he's already pressing Hunter Biden and one of Hunter Biden's business partners, Eric Schwerwin, to figure out what his earning futures are. What can he make? How can he cash in on his job? That's the vice president putting the pressure on his son and his business partner. And by 2016, that conversation evolves to a different topic called wealth creation. So Joe Biden is driving a conversation. And in between those two markers is when Hunter Biden dives in and figures out all of the ways he can score on Russia, Ukraine, China, Kazakhstan, name a country that Joe Biden had a foreign policy responsibility. And Hunter Biden is jumping in many times within a week or so of his father taking some action involving that country. And he jumps in. The second email I'd like to point out and get to your reaction to both of these in a second, Bobby, is the email in 2015 where the Chinese business people are really coming to Hunter Biden for the second big deal. The first one was the investment fund in 2013. This is the energy deal that plays out in 16, 17, and 18, the big guy deal, the 10% for Joe Biden deal. And when the first overture is made, he's talking to a guy overseas and Hunter Biden says, you know, I know he's not interested in me. He only cares about my family's last name. Hunter Biden knew exactly what he was doing. He was cashing in on the name. It seems to me that the big 
challenge that congressional investigators have to do, Bobby, is show exactly the benefit to Joe Biden. It isn't just about Hunter Biden anymore. We already know the Hunter Biden story. It's taking it directly to the president. Do you think the guys in charge of the key committees get that and are on the path to doing that? I think they get it. I think that, uh, John, and both of those both of those emails are really significant. Um, the fact, again, that, that they knew this was about money and they knew it was about selling Joe Biden. Uh, by the way, you can't sell something that doesn't want to be sold. So uh, at the end of the day, you know, the Chinese were paying for something and they knew that what they were paying for was something real and they continued to pay for it. Uh, and these other countries apparently did, too. They paid it through the sun. The sun had no quals for what he was being paid for. Uh, and you have the implication, the direct implication that Joe Biden was a beneficiary and perhaps even directing elements of this. To me, again, if this was Richard Nixon, 1972, uh, if this was Donald Trump, if this was anyone else, I, I think that the media, the historic media, the high integrity, uh, even left leaning Walter Cronkite media, Howard K. Smith media. Uh, would be all over this. The, you know, why would Bernstein of the current moment aren't saying this isn't just smoke and, and we don't see fire. These are licks of fire. And we need to understand that when you see licks of fire, you got real fire. And, and I would be putting, if I were in charge of a committee right now, I'd, I'd be doing about 10 things right off the bat. I'd be putting a hold on all documents in all agencies that relate without, without any um, uh, limitation to the relationship between the Bidens, all of them, including the president and China uh, and Ukraine and any of the other documents that implicate a foreign country. I'd be going immediately to what, what the documents that, that we found are and, and trying to assess whether these would be of some value to a foreign country, and I would freeze all, uh, you know, no destruction of any real evidence or documents that relate to that. I'd put a set of interrogatories in front of all of the key people. I would put people on notice immediately that they're going to be in, a, in the middle of a, a, a subpoena and a subpoena ducas tecum. I would tell them that this is, this is real stuff. This is probably going to the courts. This goes way beyond the idea of tape recording a conversation where you have learned that there might be a cover-up and now you're guilty, which was what Richard Nixon encountered. We're talking about something far more significant. We're talking about the potential sale of the United States government secrets to a foreign country and the circumstantial evidence here. We don't have it yet in hard copy beyond the emails you just described, but the circumstantial evidence looks pretty damning. So why are we not more concerned about this? Such a great question. The traditional media have glossed this over for three or four years. They do seem to be a little more focused on it than they've been for a while, but not nearly as much as the serious underlying issues require. And it, it is remarkable to see how little the press has done to vet this president compared to other presidents in recent history. And I think the next year will be a litmus test to whether the media can finally live up to the reputation or the responsibilities that the American public has entrusted it with. They've not done a good job for quite some time. I want to pivot to another story because I think I've heard you talk about I, I think you have the biggest and best insight on this. We have our eyes on Russia and Ukraine. We have our eyes on all the different things, the debt ceiling. But China and Taiwan feels to me to be one of the most important geopolitical issues of our generation. What do you think is going on? There were some pretty troubling remarks by the Secretary of State Blinken. They were understated because Anthony Blinken always seems to understate the threat. But um, real concern that China may be emboldened to do something with Taiwan. What's your view on this? You worked in the State Department. You understand this issue so well. You know, this is such a pivotal issue, and you say intergenerational issue or generational issue, and I think you're right, John. And and sometimes 
only when you look back, uh, whether it's on World War II or on a, on a diplomatic um, uh, failure, uh, including what happened in Russia uh, with Ukraine. Only when you look back do you often see that this is exactly where the bread, breadcrumbs were leading and you should have been attentive to it and you should have worked overtime to stop it. We're in the work overtime to stop it mode right now, uh, or we should be. And I say that because I, I've spent time in Taiwan. Uh, I spent time talking to Chinese officials when I was an assistant secretary of state. I read the riot act to them on some of the legal issues that that we encountered, but this is bigger. Taiwan, what's happened in the last few weeks is that is that China has gone beyond the normal pressure that they put on Taiwan to try to force some kind of economic or uh, political concession. They they have they have pushed the envelope in terms of putting fighters and and uh, and navy uh, uh, vessels very close to Taiwan and uh, in their airspace, and they've done it in larger and larger numbers with greater and greater frequency, and with no, in my opinion, with no. Um, uh, parallel return. When we had uh, Soviet Union, for example, fly bear bombers down the eastern seaboard of the United States, we immediately scrambled uh, F-16s, F-15s, and we and other airframes, and 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 escorted them away. We made it crystal clear that this is not uh, this is not permissible, and it became you know it became a constant test and, and a constant response. But if you're testing and there's no significant response beyond Taiwan trying desperately to put up its own defensive uh, capabilities, uh, which, you know, Taiwan and mainland China are different countries with different, not only different alliances, but different, uh, different capabilities. I mean, Taiwan doesn't have uh, two aircraft carriers and 1500 helicopters, fighters and, and, uh, and bombers. And so it, it to me, it, there is a genuine sense that there's a rumble in the rails we haven't heard before. And so what you do when that happens is both diplomatically and as a, I mean, I was a naval intelligence officer for 10 years. One of the things you you do is immediately get up and you respond to that and you make crystal clear that there will be no incursions on Taiwanese uh, uh, land or 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 uh, or sea uh, rights. There will be no accidental firings. I mean, what this is really what we get down to is that a war can start by accident. You know, World War One uh, was all teed up, but it started really on an event that was that was uh, that was opportunistic, and that's what that could potentially happen here. I don't want to see, John. I don't want to see a big war with China, but China is acting in a in a way that is reckless. It's testing the United States, and by testing. Taiwan, it is testing all of our allies in that region. Uh, I mean, Japan, the Philippines, Australia, everybody. And it's also testing, frankly, the will of of NATO and the United States to potentially, at least the United States, to, to potentially face or, 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 or deter a two-front war. Um, and, you know, the notion that we're somehow now going to send a few tanks to Ukraine and that's going to deter the Ch Chinese from believing that we wouldn't defend or going to encourage the Chinese, Chinese to believe that we would defend Taiwan, I think that's very attenuated. I don't even think those tanks over there, frankly, are a very good idea. But in any event, I think it's very attenuated. I think you have to be very direct, John, and you have to say, the United States of America will not allow free people to be overrun, and certainly not by a communist behemoth uh, that is intent on world domination. One of the tools that America has always had in the past under most presidents, not every president, I, I think one would argue Jimmy Carter didn't have it, 
is soft power, the ability to project power and, and realize that if you do do something, we have the capability to make you pay for it. It seems like Joe Biden, particularly since the withdrawal of Afghanistan, lacks that soft power. First, there's a lack of clarity of message. But there's also just the idea that they don't seem to have their act together, always leading from behind, even on the tank issue, right? They were shamed into it by the Brits, really. It really wasn't America leading on this. How important a uh, deficit do we have in the soft power category of diplomacy and military power? You know, excellent question, because I think Ronald Reagan would have called it uh, peace through strength or deterrence. And, and in the Clinton-Bush era, we call it smart power. It, it, it comes, to, comes to the same thing. And that is, John, and, and, it's, it's a, and you're a student of history, and it is, a, it is, an, it is a, a, an, uh, a principle of history. And that is that if you are strong, I mean, go back to Sun Tzu, if you are strong and you project your strength, you can actually prevent that war. So we have 11 uh, operational uh, carrier battle groups. And my argument would be, wh- where are the one or two that need to be front and center, making it clear that we, we're not going to allow uh, essentially uh, an incursion of any kind. Uh, we're not going to allow a Ukraine-Russia war to occur between China and Taiwan. We, we should be projecting that. And, and words, this is part of what the Biden administration doesn't understand. Words are cheap. Actions are, are real and, and they speak volumes. If we had maintained Bagram Air Force Base, if we had said to the Taliban, we don't care if you're coming toward uh, toward uh, uh, Kabul, we will redouble our efforts to protect Kabul if you come any closer. If we if we had sent the signals that said we are going to create an orderly withdrawal, and by the way, everything in the future depends upon the integrity of this. You know, we didn't do any of that, and we didn't. And, and instead, we've done done the reverse, John. The notion that that Biden could have said uh, publicly that a small incursion by Russia on Ukraine is okay. Well, that's the exact opposite message that you should be delivering. And the fact that Tony Blinken, who I went to law school with, I know Tony, the fact that he can go out there with happy words and say something and furrow his brow doesn't mean anything to communist China. What means something to communist China is to pre-position assets so that your assets will be, and, and your country will be at direct risk if you take a belligerent act against an American ally. Yeah, such an important concept, and it seems to be missing from most of the leadership of this administration. And I hear that from Democrats and Republicans alike. I had former Senator Robert Torcelli on the podcast about a month ago, and he had the same concerns you did. People of both political stripes see the failures and the lack of leadership in this administration. It's real. It's factual. And it's just one of those things we got to try to get in front of the American people so they understand Bobby, I want to end with one last topic. We have an extraordinary story on Just the News this morning. New grants from the National Science Foundation designed to take the artificial intelligence concepts that we developed in the military at DARPA and other places to silence ISIS and Al-Qaeda on social media and the Internet. By the way, that's a good use of artificial intelligence. I think most Americans would agree. They now want to adapt those tools so that news media, social media, and even federal agencies can in real time monitor the speech of Americans, particularly as it relates to concerns about election integrity and vaccine safety, and use those tools to silence it, empower news media, social media, even federal agencies to do that. It almost seems Orwellian to think that we're talking about this, but these are real grants, real projects. And in fact, the language of the grants matches the language of what DARPA said it was trying to do to terrorist groups. How concerned should Americans be that the United States government has moved with both feet into the arena of censorship? 
Yeah, it's it's very honestly, uh, you say seems Orwellian to me. This is straight out of George Orwell. And I think anybody who hasn't recently reread the book 1984 needs to understand much of what what was described is fundamentally happening. Uh, and I, it terrifies me if you really want to know the truth. I I think it's stretch in the reach of an all powerful government with the intent of being all powerful to the suppression of individual liberties is what our founders, without knowing anything about artificial intelligence, what they were truly worried about. It's why we have things like the First Amendment. And the first 10 amendments were really dedicated. The third one's a little OBE, but the reality is the first 10 were all dedicated to the proposition of preserving forever rights that are fundamental pursuant to natural law that we understood at that time and have understood it almost every time up to now are inviolate. The notion that you would deploy technology to silence the opinions of Americans uh, and really knowing that the way that that was done, the notion that it it would be done to silence questions about the integrity of the electoral process, which is the very heartbeat of the democracy, and to silence questions about public health and questions about whether the government is pushing a vaccine that is unsafe. And it turns out now we're now learning far more than we knew ahead of time about the fact that what we always have known in a general sense, and that is that if you, if you, if you push something untested with a campaign of fear and people subscribe to it out of fear and you later find out that it wasn't quite as good as, it, as you originally thought, uh, well, maybe the original opinions, again, talk about deterrence of bad behavior, the original opinions would have been very powerful. This is one of the domains in which words actually matter. You can deter bad acts by a government if, they, if the people at large make, make it clear that they are not going to uh, subscribe to those things, if they think that there are questions about the integrity of a federal election process. I mean, this is how the country... This is how the country protects itself itself. And so I am I am I am very worried because I think when you deploy artificial intelligence against the American people, you are misusing a tool dedicated to the proposition of protecting the American people. It is remarkable. And we had Jim Jordan on the TV show the other night. And he said, listen, I'm already drafting legislation. We're going to create a law that makes absolutely clear, even though the Constitution is clear, we're going to make it even more clear. Federal agencies can't be developing technologies or have conversations with big tech that are designed to stop Americans from freely communicating unless their communications are specifically criminal in nature. And that, I think, is a really significant move forward. And the first real statutory solution that seems to be emerging from this incredible knowledge we've gained from the Twitter files and then some of our reporting and others. Bobby, it is always a great honor to have you on this show. You bring such clarity to the most important issues in this time. We love the partnership with AMAC. I just want to remind folks, I'm an AMAC member. I'm a five-year membership member. I want you to match me and join this great organization so you can get more wisdom like what you got today from Bobby Charles. And the way to do that is to go to amac.us, A-M-A-C.us. US slash just news. You get a discount on the membership. You not only get all this great intelligence like Bobby shared with us today and all these wisdom and smart, you get a chance to join grassroots opportunities. You get discounts on products and services and travel, and you get offers for products that you can't get anywhere else, such as insurance products. Go check it out today, guys. AMAC.US slash just news. One of the best bargains you'll ever get in this space. So, Bobby, a big thanks to you and a big thanks to all of our good friends at AMAC. It's such a great partnership. We really appreciate it. And we certainly appreciate your time today. Thank you so much, John. And again, I do encourage people, go to AMAC.us, become a member of all the things that I do. This is the one, honestly, that makes me feel the best every day. And that's what AMAC members get, feeling that they're contributing to the future of America. 
making a difference. There's no doubt about it. Something you've done throughout your incredible career and so much of us, we can join that fight and help out. Bobby, a great time catching up and look forward to having you on real soon. Yes, sir. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, folks, that wraps another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. A big thank you to Congressman Austin Scott and to Bobby Charles for giving us a really great conversation. A lot of food for thought. One of the things that jumped out at me, Congressman Scott's idea that the Intelligence Committee needs to be looking at something we're probably all taking for granted, right? The idea that the supply chain may have had compromise or is being compromised by our enemies. They're gaining a foothold in certain parts of the supply chain so they can stranglehold America in case of a conflict, whether a war or an economic standoff. That's pretty scary. The other thing I think the congressman mentioned that we ought to really consider, the debt ceiling fight is more than just about raising America's credit card limit. It's also about the supremacy of the American dollar. Will we continue to be the world currency standard bearer or as Saudi Arabia recently threatened, they may start taking payments for oil and things other than American dollars. That is a threat to our supremacy. We need to get serious about it. Focus on it. Clean up the house. Start by cutting down our size of our government and our spending and making our fiscal house a little more sane. All right, folks, that wraps up today. One more time, I'm really serious about myself focusing more on my health this year and you as well. I care about you so much. Don't take the risk of getting a fatty liver and increasing your chance of heart failure by three and a half times. Go try out the liver health formula. It is amazing. How do you do that? Well, we've got a special offer from our good friends at Liver Health. All you got to do is go to getliverhelp.com slash just news. Let me give you that again. GetLiverHelp.com slash Just News. GetLiverHelp.com slash Just News. You're going to get five free bonus gifts, including the Nano Powered Omega 3 and four free ebooks to get you educated about why it's so important to keep your liver healthy because your healthy liver gives you a healthy heart. Those are two important things to keep in mind. All right, that wraps it up. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events, and you'll be helping us dig up more truth. 
Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.